0: Well, good morning, church. How are we? This morning, before we start our conversation, I want to draw your attention to a gathering that's going to happen actually next week. And it is a Mannheim prayer event, and it is a number of churches that are coming together to pray for Mannheim. And I'm actually especially proud of this event because this is actually the brainchild of a couple of MBI Seers who came to us saying, hey, can we do this thing? And we're like, are you kidding? Absolutely do this thing. And so it is, it is next Saturday night, June 15th, 6.30 p.m. It is at the, the Mannheim Farm Show Complex. And it is, it is us joining with other churches to pray for our community, our schools, our youth, our police and other first responders, our churches, our leaders, our businesses, our neighbors. And I would encourage you to get in on this. So again, next Saturday, Farm Show Complex, 6.30 p.m. Bring a lawn chair and we'll look for you there. As I always like to do, I wanna start this morning with a question. And the question that I have for you today is what's a place that holds special meaning for you and why? This past weekend, my family and I were in North Carolina and we do this weird thing. Every time we cross the border into North Carolina, we go, North Carolina, woohoo! Whether North Carolina is our destination or we're passing through. And I think the reason for that is because. My grandparents are, are, were bona fide hillbillies from the hollers of, of North Carolina. So I've been going there my entire life. Our family has vacationed at the Outer Banks, so happy memories there. Cindy and I have lived in North Carolina a couple of times, one of those times we lived on the beach, we were newly married, so lots of fun there, the second time that we lived in North Carolina, we were actually getting ready to go overseas to South America, and so we, we actually moved to a training center that was there, and there were some serious elements to that training, but it was also kind of like summer camp for adults, and so for us, North Carolina is this place that causes us, when we cross the border, we're like, North Carolina, woohoo! My kids are going to say, never make that sound again from the platform. <laughs> but I wonder how you answer that, this question, right? What is a place that holds special meaning for you and why? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody sitting close to you, and I want you to share your answer to this question I'll give you 60 seconds go If you haven't switched over yet, I'll invite you to do that. I'll give you 30 more seconds. Alright, let me call you back. I wonder if there's anybody that's brave enough to throw out the place that holds special meaning to you and give us like a one sentence of why. Friends' porch, first thing in the morning to enjoy God's beauty. Thank you for being brave. This morning we are in Psalm 84. And the writer of Psalm 84 is going to tell us about a place that holds special meaning to them and why. But different from we just did or, or going beyond what we just did, Psalms 84 provides for us the answer to the question that every single one of us asks, whether we realize it or not, pretty much all the time. And that question is, what will make me happy? So I'm not going to ask you to answer this question out loud. This question is just for you, but how do you answer the question, what will make you happy? What is it that makes you happy? So so let's take it farther, and this is a question that I'll be looking for a response to, but let me ask you this. How does our 2017 culture prompt you to answer that question? In other words, what does 2017 culture tell you will make you happy? Hit me up with answers. Wow. (laughs) Sometimes getting answers out of y'all is like pulling teeth. That was like five things all at once. I think I heard money. All right, so that was one of the answers out there. What else? Things, right? Let's call that stuff: new car, new boat, new house. Friends. friends, right? I'd call that relationship. So maybe not just friends, but husband, wife. Get the guy, get the girl. Relationships. What else? Self gratification, right? Let's call that experiences slash pleasure. What's that? All right, I'm going to call that experiences too, right? Or stuff, maybe. Or maybe for some of us, that's relationships. <laughs> so money, stuff, relationships, experience, pleasure. What's that? Fame, Fame right? Achievement or status. How about health? Uh, get your, your blood pressure numbers where they need to be. Get your cholesterol levels where they need to be. And maybe that buys you a few extra weeks, a few extra months, a few extra years on this planet. All right, that's a pretty good list. Let's take it a step farther. When we answer this question, what is it that is really running in the background? Is it truly that financial security that if if I've got a 401k balance and whatever that number is has got lots of zeros on the end of it, is it truly that which is going to make me happy? Is it that vacation to Fiji or Hawaii, is that truly going to make me happy? Is it you're able to, thinking of health, that you're able to bench press your own weight, is that truly going to make you happy? Or is there something more to this? And my guess is that there is something more to this, that this list that we just came up with prompts that our 2017 culture says, this will make you happy. Be these things, do these things, buy these things to be happy. That that this is our culture's way in which we try to meet our deepest needs. And those deepest needs for all of us being security, and significance and satisfaction so why are these our deepest needs because these answer the questions will i be safe who am i am i loved and will i be happy Right, so let's make sure that we can see this. If we go back to that list that we created just a, just a few moments ago, right, how did these things that we listed out speak to our deepest needs for security and significance and satisfaction? So money. If, if I've got enough money in my checking account that I, could, I can write a check for pretty much any problem that comes down the road and make that problem go away... There's a level of security, a level of safety there. Stuff. With money and also with stuff, if I can afford to, to, to buy the nice car and, and buy the right kind of clothes and live in the right neighborhood, there's a sense of significance there. I have arrived. Relationships. Get the guy, get the girl, that's secured. I've got somebody who's, who's got my back. Experience, pleasure, right? We find happiness, satisfaction in those things. Again, status, achievement. There's a level of of significance. I have arrived, I am somebody. And then health. Again, if I can get a few weeks, months, years on this planet, that that gives me a sense of security. Security. And again, this list is how our culture says, prompts you to answer the, the question, what will make you happy? Because we believe that, that we'll find our security, our significance, our satisfaction in these things. But if we look to Psalm 84, the author of this psalm gives us a very, very different answer from this list. It gives us a very different answer to this question this morning we are gonna have john hanselman come and john's going to pray over us john's going to read psalm 84 for us and as john reads this morning i want you to pay close attention to these words I-, I want you to dial in on the thing that the psalmist really really wants because when you figure out what the psalmist wants the psalmist is giving us The answer to the question, this is what will make you happy. So dial into the thing that the psalmist wants.
1: John. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come here this morning and to worship you. And to come into your courts, come into your house and search for you, Father. Father, we seek your truth. We ask you, Father, for uh, you to show us who you are through your Word. And Lord, we would also ask you this morning what you would want us to give up or to surrender, to um, get closer to you. Father, thank you for your Word Father, may we dive into it. May we read it. May we listen to it. Thank you, Lord, for your truth. May we trust in it. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. May we find comfort in it. And most of all, thank you, Lord, for your unchanging love. Amen. Okay, as I read this, uh, there are some interludes here. I'll be saying Silah, which is often referred to as a chance to consider what was just said. From the psalmist for the descendants of Korah to the accompanied or to be accompanied by a stringed instrument. We don't know what that is specifically, but it's listed there. How lovely is your dwelling place! O Lord of Heaven's armies, I long, yes I faint, with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home, and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of Heaven's armies, my King and my God, What joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises, Selah. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O Lord God of heaven's armies, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. Selah. O God, look with favor upon the king, our shield. Show favor to the one you have anointed. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our son and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Amen.
0: Thank you, John. So there is a lot in that psalm, but if we break it down and make it simple for us, the thing that I ask you to dial into in Psalm 84 is the thing that the psalmist really wants. Did you grab that? The psalmist gives it to us right out of the gate. It's in verse 2. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. So, for the writer of Psalm 84, the temple, right? The, The temple courts is this place that holds special meaning, but his why is super important because he's not all about the temple because of the beauty of the buildings or because of the awesome architecture or because the the traditions that were practiced there for the, the, the psalmist, the temple is all about the temple being this place of God's close presence. And we have to see this. Psalms 84 is not about a structure per se, or a pin in the map, or a GPS coordinate. Psalms 84 is all about the psalmist's love for God. The psalmist is all about being close to God and bringing glory to the living God. So these references to place that we see in in Psalms 84, the temple courts, what, what the psalmist is really saying is that, God, I want to be close to you. I need to be close to you. The psalmist is saying, God, I can't stay away. I want you so much, I am about to pass out. And as a bonus, the, the, the author of Psalms 84 gives us the why, why he wants to be close to God. Because this is the God who, taking the words from our verses, this is the God who is the source of joy. Verse 4, there is joy for those who come close to God. Even in the valley of weeping, which is just like the, 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 the darkest valley, the valley of shadow of death that we read about two weeks ago in Psalms 23, that even in the valley of weeping, that, that valley of weeping can become a place of, of renewal and a place of refreshment. We see this in verse 6 when God is close. God who is the source of blessing, verse six. God who is the source of strength, verse seven. God who is the source of elimination and and direction and guidance, verse 11. God our, our protection, verse 11. God who is the source of all good things, verse 11. And once again, back to joy, verse 12. There is joy for those who come close to God. So if we go back to that question that we are asking every single one of us, whether we realize it or not all the time, what will make you happy? The author of Psalm 84 will give you a very different answer than what our culture gives you in terms of finding real, lasting, genuine happiness. Our big idea for this morning is simply this, that Psalms 84 tells us quite clearly that your happiness is tied directly to your closeness to God. But here's where this gets tough. Because this morning, the several hundred people that will pass through this room, there are some of us who are saying, you know what, I'm not buying that. You keep God, give me the list. And that is a valid choice That's not the right choice, but that is a choice that is available to you. But because we're sitting here in church on a Sunday morning, my guess is that for most of us, our wrestle is a little bit different. And our wrestle is this. We want both God and the list. But here's the issue. If we go back to that list that we created several moments ago, what on this list is bulletproof. What on this list is bombproof? Money. You able to write a check and make terminal cancer go away? What happens when the economy hits a recession? Stuff. Everything that you own today or will acquire is headed for the garbage dump. relationships people will disappoint you people go away people die experiences always come to an end status the thing about achievement is that there is always somebody out there who is better than you are status and achievement is fleeting health How many 90-year-olds do you know that have six-pack abs? (laughs) I don't know of any. Not sure I'd want to see that anyways. (laughs) So if you are saying, thanks but no thanks, give me the list. You keep God. Or you are are wanting, and this is the thing that I think most of us wrestle with, you are looking to find your security, your significance and satisfaction in both the list and in God. The thing that you have to know is that the things on the list are always going away. These things will fail you. Here's a quote that I found this week from a pastor in Oklahoma. He writes, The most miserable Christians I've seen are those who live with a foot in both worlds. They hedge their bets. They call on the name of Christ, but they still try to find security, satisfaction, pleasure, or fulfillment from this world. They're riding the fence, and they are not happy. Is this you? The only way to have joy is to say a full yes to God. So how do you know if this is you? Diagnostic question is this What consumes your thoughts? What constantly draws your attention? And as I thought about this question this week, I thought, you know what, there's probably a better way to say that. So, really, the question is this Where is your hope? Where is your sense of everything is going to be all right? Where is that anchored? Everything is going to be all right because of blank. How do you fill in that blank? Everything is going to be all right because the balance that I have in my checking account. But again, that balance can be gone quickly. Everything is going to be all right because of achievement. That I'm senior vice president and I have that corner office that gives you a sense of power. Everything is going to be all right because of this relationship that I'm in. I'm doing life with this person who has my back. Only a couple of examples, but how do you answer that question? Everything is going to be all right because... I need you to seriously answer that question. Because if you are putting anything else other than God in that blank, you are placing hope, your hope, on the list. You are placing your hope in things that will let you down. Past couple weeks I've been spending time in the Lord's Prayer. And there's some questions that I've written out for myself that as I read that, I ask of myself. And one of the questions, and I've tweaked it a little bit for us this morning, but one of the questions that I ask myself is, what things am I looking to other than God? And in my own life, oftentimes those are sinful things. But what things am I looking to other than God for my security, my significance, my satisfaction? Exactly what we've been talking about this morning. But the second part of this is what really intrigues me. What am I failing to see about God that makes those things more real, more appealing to me than he is? And as I look at the things that I personally wrestle with, oftentimes there is, there is more of, of a, an immediacy. That thing that draws my attention feels more tangible, feels more concrete, that thing I think gives me a sense of control but let's play that out checkbook right I I control my checkbook which is me saying listen I'm putting my trust my hope in my bank balance but you know what happens when that bank balance starts to run low what emotion gets induced when your bank balance starts to run low it's fear so are you controlling that thing or is that thing controlling you if that thing is controlling your emotions, bank balance is now controlling you. So that sense of control really is perceived false control. See, Psalms 84 is telling us quite clearly where to find joy. Psalms 84 is telling you what will make you happy, and it is God alone, it is closeness to God. This is where true happiness is found. God alone can deliver bulletproof, bombproof, security, satisfaction, and significance. Because it is, it is only in the gospel, how, how God has loved you through Jesus, that you get the answers to your deepest needs. Will I be safe? Yes, through Jesus. That as a daughter, as a son of the most High king, your future is secure no matter what this life throws at you. Your future is secure no no matter what this, this fallen world throws at you. While this life is not bulletproof, God is. That the God of Psalm 84 is the sovereign one controlling all things. Who am I? Am I loved more than you can ever know? By a God who loved you first despite your rebellion, despite your sin, loved you so much that he sent his son to die the death that was yours, to die for, for your sins in exchange that you might know life. Yes, eternal life, yes, forever life, but life, real life, abundant life in the here and now. Will I be happy? Yes, because you are absolutely created to find your happiness in God and through the God of Psalm 84. That's what Psalm 84 is all about. It's this happiness this, this joy that the psalmist experiences because he desires God, he is pursuing God in obedience that makes him say, I cannot stay away. I want to, to be with you so much that I am about to pass out. So if we circle back to our big idea, Psalms 84 tells us quite clearly that your happiness is tied directly to your closeness to God. What are you going to do with that? Let's pray. Father, these words, this desire of, of, of the author of Psalm 84, where they write, I long, yes, I faint with longing. My prayer for us as a church together, my prayer for us as individuals is that you would give us that same desire, That same desire that the author of Psalm 84 expresses where he writes, God, I want you. God, I need you. God, I need to be close to you. God, I cannot stay away. We pray this morning that you would give us that same desire. You would give us that same hunger. We are are powerless on our own. And so Holy Spirit, help us help us to see help us to believe give us the desire for more and more and more and more of you we know that the only way that we can be in god's presence is because of the gift of your son jesus And so we thank you for his life. We thank you for his death. We thank you for his resurrection. We thank you that even now he is reigning. We thank you that you make life possible for us. May we know your presence. Give us that hunger. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.